Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 292. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I want to thank you for joining us here for another episode. I am so thrilled to introduce you to today's guest, Christine Lee. Christine is the procrastination coach, and she helps her clients get from start to finish. Christine, I am so thrilled to have you here, especially considering, well, it wasn't procrastination, it was tech issues, both you and me and child issues on my side, and it could be seen as procrastination by some, but finally, I'm so thrilled to have this conversation. I am so glad to be here, Kim, finally, too. And I feel that the tech issues and kid issues that we had just gave us a chance to get to know each other better. Oh, absolutely. Listeners, remember that positive productivity does not mean perfection. And even in procrastination, Christine, I would have to imagine that a lot of people get held up because they're waiting to be perfect instead of just moving forward. But hey, I'm sort of jumping ahead a little bit. Can you give us a more of an introduction to you, how you got to where you are, and then we'll circle back around to that? Okay, great. And I would love to talk about the perfectionism issue at some point in this podcast, because I think it's such an important part of procrastination. But I would say my own story involves a whole lot of imperfection. <laughs> um, I was just your regular student, your regular graduate student, um, but always constantly struggling with anxiety, work anxiety, difficulty getting any rest, difficulty meeting any deadlines, and thinking that this was just how I came to the earth. This was not something that I had built up or intended, but that this was something that was part of my personality, part of my character. And fortunately, I think for me, I got some help and some insight that helped us through psychotherapy, being a patient myself, but also through just chance and circumstance that I was able to volunteer to lead a procrastination workshop as part of one of my jobs as a psychologist in a college counseling center. And through that experience, I realized that I was pretty much the world's worst procrastinator and that I really needed to get my game on, that I needed to figure out how to avoid procrastination and how to decrease the stress in my life so that I could actually be productive. So that was the the short of a longer story, but uh, procrastination has really been part of my life for a very, very long time. And now it's uh, the biggest part of my professional life now. I remember in probably 2008 or 2009, I was introduced to the book, Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy, and it absolutely changed my life. Yes. What did you learn from it? Well, the biggest thing that I learned was how tackling items on my list gives us, what is it, an adrenaline rush? Uh-huh. And and I became addicted to that. But I I can't say that it entirely helped me because what I started doing was adding little insignificant things to my task list yes. instead of just the big things. And I think that so many entrepreneurs do that as well because they want to see accomplishment during the day. And when I finally backtracked on that, I don't, it was sometime in the last year, I got to be totally honest. I realized so much more was getting done because I wasn't focusing on the little, oh, I just got to say it, BS tasks. 
Yes. But I was focusing on the big rocks instead. Yes. The big rocks are so important and the big rocks are the ones that make us really afraid. And I feel that fear is just the, the fuel for procrastination. So whenever we have a private thought, oh, it's not going to go well. Oh, I'm not going to get accepted. Oh, it's not perfect. Then they, lo and behold, procrastination starts knocking at the door. So we really have to be careful for aiming for the big rocks, but also making sure that our fear level stays really low. Oh, definitely. You and I were chatting a little bit before we started recording and I shared that I'm about to launch a five-day free workshop. Yeah. And I I have to share with you and listeners, and especially because I keep on repeating throughout every episode that positive productivity is not about perfection. I had recorded all of the segments for the workshop in audio only because I really didn't want to be in front of the camera. I was so wrapped up in about being perfect, yeah, and about having slides and not and not having messy hair and not having a professional video team here, yeah, but. My husband's home today and just on a fluke, I went in and I was talking to him and all of a sudden it struck me that that is so much of a part of the connection with the audience is actually being able to see me. I know that you listeners know me by by my voice right now, but I feel it's so important to connect visually as I'm going through this next stage. Yes. And so I told my husband, well, I'm going to record these tomorrow. I'm going to get myself set up. But I was sitting here, Christine, waiting to get on this call with you. And it was like maybe 40 minutes before. And I didn't really know what else I wanted to get into and start. I was like, what the heck? So I turned on Zoom and I just let it out there. Hey, this is me. You can see my hair sticking up. Uh, There will be bloopers. and But it's just so important to me to get my message out to you. So here I am. And let's get real. And it felt so good. I I really have to give you some feedback from someone who's new to your work and new to getting to know you that I think your specific talent is your ability to be real like this. And I know you've heard this from other people, but I just wanted to put my two cents in that you are just great at connecting to people on an everyday level, on an every issue kind of level, nothing, no holds barred, nothing to be embarrassed about, and you make it fun. And I think adding the visual is just more fun. (laughs) So I'm just going to encourage you to keep going. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Listeners, I do have to let you know, Christine, when did we talk for the first time? Was it like a month, a month and a half ago? Yes, about then. And it was, I'm not going to point fingers at you because I don't think it was just you. If it was even you, it might've been me. Who cares? But it was a tech issue and we couldn't record that day for some reason or another. And we ended up talking for what, an hour? We ended up taking the whole hour just jib-jabbing away our first conversation ever. And I I loved that. It was great. It was getting work done too, because we were getting to know each other and preparing for the podcast. I felt like we were using a not so great circumstance for good. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Christine, I have a question for you. Sure. What did you want to be when you were a little girl, when you grew up? I would say I don't have a great answer for that because I had no idea. I actually feel... Because I was the child of an immigrant family and because there wasn't a whole lot of active communication going on in that family, it was a loving family, but there was not a lot of back and forth education, how you doing kind of thing. I felt that there was a lot of passive observation on my end, instead of active 
engagement with the world. So I feel like I was learning about the world, but not really envisioning myself as an agent or a powerful actor or an astronaut or something like that. I was just trying to figure out the world in many respects. So that's my answer. Unfortunately, I don't have a particular field of study or interest that I grew up having in my heart. I, I certainly did not know I wanted to be a psychologist. Wow. I think you are the first person that I've ever chatted with who didn't have an answer. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to be an architect in outer space. I didn't like science. Uh-huh. But I wanted to uh-huh. design the interiors of the space station. So more specifically, I wanted to be an interior designer in outer space. That sounds cool. That sounds cool. You and I are, are, there's another similarity. My first attempt at a major in college was architecture. Oh, was it? Yeah. Well, I think that it actually set us, set me up to go down part of the not so good entrepreneurial journey that I went down because there were so many sleepless nights because I was pushing, pushing, pushing. And I can't say I was procrastinating because if I ever get any of my college friends on here, they'll tell you I was... I wasn't the party pooper because I just didn't go to the parties. Yes, yes. But architecture is quite a rigorous field. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you go out and party for one night, you risk that whole end of term project not getting done because you really needed that time. Yes. But yes, I ended up dropping out because I, the rigor, uh, I just felt like I was behind all the time and I didn't like that feeling. Uh, in particular in that field, because I felt that people had started ahead of, with a lot more experience, a lot more not native talent. And I just figured I better get the heck out of here before, before things feel a lot worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't say I ever felt that way, but it was definitely jumping into a pool that I had never swam in. Yes. That's all. That's the best way I can say that. Yes. However, on the side note, about partying. Yep. I also went to the school, the Art Institute of Chicago, and our dorms were right there in downtown Chicago. And we got checked by security every time we came in. Mm -hmm. And if they sensed, if they smelled or saw any sign of drugs or alcohol, they actually wouldn't let us back into our dorms for the evening. And then what happened? Oh, we had to go find somewhere else to sleep. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was another reason. Okay. I, I, I couldn't hide my drunkenness if I tried. <laughs> so I figured why bother? Yeah. So tell us more about your journey and how you wound up here. I would love to hear more. Okay, great. I mentioned that job at that college counseling service. And I would say in working with many students, brand new students each and every day, kind of almost just one hour after another, you really, well, from my vantage point, I saw the difficulties that students were having with their work, but I felt that as part of a college counseling service, there wasn't a lot of attention paid to work procrastination. And I knew it was an issue for myself, and I decided to make it more of an issue uh, in my career, that I would make it more of a focus and more of an area of expertise. So I just... Once you open your eyes to this area of productivity and procrastination, you realize there's so many, so many tools now and so much material and so much support and so much 
that we can do to improve our skills, the skills that we come to our job with, or we come to graduate school with, or we come to college with. And I feel like it became a mission for me to be one of those voices, one of those sources of support. Because over the years, lo and behold, I realized that I could transform my own life from being really a wreck and a mess and being late all the time to being pretty calm and pretty connected to people and much more creative and disciplined and purposeful and happy. So I felt like uh, beating procrastination has kind of brought joy big time into my life. And I felt like it would be not great of me to keep this all to myself. Can you come talk to my kids? (laughs) I'd love to. (laughs) Especially my 12 and 15 year old, because they're the ones that have chores and homework. And I swear, especially the 15 year old, God knows I love him. But if it were not for the text messaging that, thank goodness, my parents did not have, that uh-huh. tells the parents about the homework that's coming up, even uh-huh. when they're in high school, then I swear there's homework. He And he's a straight A, like honor student in advanced classes. There's homework yeah. that he would just put off until the morning is due, even though it's a paper, like four pages with references. Yes. But what's the hard part about what makes it so difficult to understand that if you just do a little bit at a time and start early, that your life will be so much more peaceful, even, you know, doing their chores right when they get home from school. I understand they're exhausted and they might need a little break, but come on, there's a difference between a little break and taking four hours before you actually start. Yeah, you're asking tough questions. <laughs> and these are questions about everyday life, too. And sometimes everyday life can feel overwhelming. And that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is that adolescents actually need that space and time. They need that time to not be doing anything. And that's difficult for us as adults and parents to reconcile, given that we're getting text messages and we know that there's a lot of homework to be done. So one of my recommendations would be to have someone else work with your kids or just a little bit uh, poke their heads in with your kids rather than having it be you, because there's just that extra pressure. There's that extra meaning because you're a mom and because you're so busy and active also, and that they need to have the freedom to figure out their own system that works for them. Although you and I didn't grow up maybe with a lot of texting, we did have the capacity to figure it out for ourselves. And I feel like we need to give everyone that opportunity to feel that they are in charge and they really own their own system that we're not beholden to anybody else. And we're not doing it for other people. We're doing it because we want to, because it's going to benefit ourselves. And because when we feel good, our work will be good. I think I might have to send this episode to my husband and to my husband to listen to. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. I'd love, I'd love, share this message to the world, as I've said. And really, it's, it's, it's growing up is difficult. Becoming an adult is difficult. (laughs) Being an adult is difficult. I mean, no matter how productive or how efficient you are, there are the mishaps and the tech problems and the low days and the days where you forget to do something really important. Or the day when you, this happened to me yesterday, I wrote down the time of a very important meeting. For me, it was important. 
um, I was off by 15 minutes for some reason. And that began a whole day of wondering what happened. <laughs> and it was not because of intention, but it was something perhaps out of my conscious control that happened. And we just have to go to sleep and wake up the next day and keep going, you know, and that sometimes can feel um, difficult when we want to have that ideal system in place. We want to be that perfect performer, but we also have to realize that life isn't perfect and that our future is going to be an up and down trajectory. One of my favorite episodes that I've listened to of yours is when you said, can, can anyone tell me that you've had a two week span of time where nothing went wrong? And I just thought that was a brilliant comment. <laughs> and it really made me think because of course, I don't think anybody has a two week period where nothing goes wrong. And I was just part of life. I found it interesting that lately I've been hearing a lot of people say that they work better under pressure. I hear what? that just about every day. <laughs> I feel more pressured under pressure and I tend to work faster. And sometimes I feel like I'm being more efficient because I compress it in a shorter amount of time. Yes. But that is not how I enjoy working. Like I'm not saying that I want to take four times longer doing my work for clients. By, by no means do I want to do that. Mm -hmm. However, I want to work in a space. I mean, the, the three pillars of positive productivity are peace, passion, and prosperity. Mm -hmm. And prosperity is not all about the money people. But peace and passion, I want to have passion for my work and I want to work in peace. And peace to me is not about rush, 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 because I only gave myself two hours when I had like two weeks to work on it. Yeah. I feel in my experience, and I have heard that a lot about the working best under pressure, I feel that everyone who says that has never worked any other way. So that there's a little bit of the, I feel the situation that I know is the best situation rather than I've tried out all the different scenarios and I've picked that one. So I recommend for people to, if they like to have that sense of pressure and the upcoming deadline to help them work, to set up a false deadline that is earlier so that they get some practice with being a little bit more in control of the time frame, so that you could have a, a bunch done at that intermediary deadline and then have some more time to edit, to flush things out, to add to things, to reconsider things, and to extend that work period so that the work is of a little more higher quality. Oh, I can definitely see that. Christine, do you see any direct connection between procrastination on tasks that we don't want to be doing, like really aren't in alignment with our, with our passion and those that are. Could you repeat that question? I was just thinking and writing at the same time. I think I shouldn't be writing. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Do you see any connection between procrastination and working on the projects that we really don't have a passion for? And those projects that we do have a passion for? Sure. I feel that we could certainly procrastinate on either and on both. And one of the things that I try to teach my clients and I try to adhere to myself is that if it's a task that's assigned to me and I really can't get rid of it, but it's not in alignment with what I really would rather be doing, that I adopt really a radical gratitude for the fact that I'm able to participate, that I'm able to do this, that I'm able to work really quickly to get that unwanted task out of the way so that other things can, I can have time for the, the things that I really want to do. So 
it's a little so eat that frog. Eat that frog. Be accepting. Be I don't even like the idea of eating frogs. <laughs> just neither do right? I. So um, just being accepting and grateful and having a, a really radically positive attitude. And that can be hard for people. That's that sometimes is not second nature. And we have to be patient with ourselves when we're learning that. When we're learning that, if we keep moving forward that those good feelings are going to stay longer. They're going to be more, more fulfilling and they're going to be more, they're going to have more of an effect on us, but it it's, we have to stay in there long enough to get those good feelings. That's sometimes where people fall down. They say, Oh, I gave it a try. That technique didn't work, you know? And um, really that's where the, the interpersonal live person support comes in, I think, where you need a coach or you need a program or a mastermind group or an app that will help you out uh, so that it's not just you, because sometimes we can get down. Oh, I love the fact that you brought up apps. Listeners, <laughs> we were talking about apps right before we came on. And would you mind sharing that app that you're using right now? Because I've already forgotten because no, I did not write it down. Okay, sure. The app is fabulous. It is called Commit to three, C-O-M-M-I-T to the number three. And I heard about it myself on a podcast and I went right away to go download it. It's free if you use it for yourself and you could use it just to track three tasks that you would like to get done in a single day. And then over the week, you can see your progress uh, in involvement in seeking to finish those tasks and also your success rate at finishing those tasks. But where this app really shines is when you upgrade to the paid version, which is $2.99 for one year, non-renewing. And with that upgrade, you get to invite a friend or two, I believe, I think maybe even more than two, to be on your accountability team. So then you do the same thing. You track three tasks for a single day, but then you get to see how your friends or your colleagues are doing with their own progress. And it becomes kind of this group effort. It's all, of course, just virtual and just for fun. There's no real added added um benefit, I'd say, no real world benefit, except that you're having fun, you're staying in touch with people, and it somehow adds more juice to your own attempts to get things done. So I found like I've been skyrocketing my productivity in the past couple of weeks of using this app. And again, it's commit to three. Listeners, you may have heard me in an earlier episode mention, or even in the even in any of the intro promotions, Christine, I didn't even share this with you before we jumped on. I have just recently started sharing a photo of a uh, of my three big items that I want to complete each week. I put it into the Positive Productivity Facebook group, and I'm holding myself accountable to get those three done by telling the group and by telling all you listeners too that for every one of those items that I don't complete, I will donate $25 to charity, the charity of your choice, listeners, if you post or if you share a screenshot of your review of the podcast in that thread below in the name of your charity. Let me tell you, Christine, I'm in my second week right now. I have yep. been blowing these tasks out of the water. Yep, I can imagine. 
because <laughs> with the financial with the financial hook, that's amazing. Exactly, and it's not that I don't want to donate to charity. Please, listeners, don't get me wrong there, because <laughs> I really, I really do want to donate to charity. But if it's between me getting my task done and donating to charity, hey, I'd rather get the task done, see my projects launch successfully, and then donate to charity off the revenue than to use money that could go towards the projects donating donating to charity. I hope that makes sense. I feel like I just jumbled it all up. Yeah, no, it really makes sense. And I love how doing it that way so publicly and involving your audience is really just upping the game, but in a in a loving and expansive way. You're not trying to um you're you're just doing this all for good reasons to help your audience model after you to keep yourself accountable and to grow your business so you can help more people and potentially even help a charity. So I think it's it's three wins right off the bat. Listeners, before I forget to mention all the links and apps and everything that we talk about, including where you'll be able to find Christine, you can find in the show notes at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP292. But I want to share, that, as I said, this is my second week doing this. I've been amazed that nobody has chimed in with a charity yet. So even though I finished all three tasks last week, there wasn't even anybody who who um, shared a charity that would be donated to. So listeners, this mm-hmm. is your opportunity. Go to thekimsutton.com forward slash group to jump over to the group, leave a screenshot of your review of this podcast and the name of your charity. And your name will be permanently on the list as long as you're a member of the group that if I don't stay accountable and if I procrastinate, come on, we got to turn it back to you, Christine, that (laughs) I will donate to your charity. So if you are the only person on the list, every time I don't get a task done, your charity benefits. It's a great system. Kim, I want to remind you that you had also talked to me about an app that you've been using. Could you tell everyone about that and remind me of that app that you were talking about. And I actually, while you were sharing Commit to Three, I I did download it. So thank you. The app that I've been using lately, and I have to credit Cliff Ravenscraft because I'm in his next level mastermind. He recommended it, is Habit Share. And what I found or what it helps us do, and this is members of my mastermind group, is we have habits that we're trying to establish and get done on a daily basis. So my daily habits right now, actually, I've, mm-hmm. um, I want to read before bed. I want to make sure that I use my planner and plan tomorrow, today, every mm-hmm. night before I go to bed. I am doing my darndest to give up soda. Mm-hmm. I, and what else? And, okay. um, and I want to make a real cons- – oh, and taking my medicine. And I know listeners, I have shared with you before that I have a thyroid issue and not taking my medicine is a really bad thing. But with my five kids wandering around my house, not my two bigs, but my little ones, I have heard horror stories about kids chewing medicine. And I know my kids get into all the things that they should not, including green Sharpie markers. So I just, I don't leave it. I don't leave my medicine in a medicine box because I'm so afraid that they're going to break it into it. But this um, habit share has been amazing for keeping me on track with taking my medicine on a daily basis. And the great thing about this app, Christine, is that you can decide what habits are public that you do share with your friends who you connect with. And it's free, by the way. And and what 
habits that you want to keep private for you. Okay. Yes. I love it how there's so many tools that are available to us for free, for very little money. And we we can do this privately. And really these days there's there's so many opportunities for growth and for change. It it only takes a minute to download something and it only takes another couple of minutes to make these changes. So use our techniques, use our apps, use our energy, use our examples. And I want to encourage everybody who's listening to just make one change today. Uh, just for yourself. It doesn't have to, you don't have to show anybody, you don't have to tell anybody, but just so that you feel better. I think it's it's really just a wonderful way to be. <laughs> I love- it's a way to spend time. Yes, it is. And I love how you said one change today. Because yeah. as I shared with you before we pushed record, I when I jumped into this app and I saw all the habits that my fellow mastermind members had, I was so inspired that I added a whole bunch more including mm-hmm. like one of my, one of my partners gets up at, he wants to be up by six o'clock every morning. Mm-hmm. And th- that sounded like a great idea to me just because it would add me another two hours, but I am yeah. a night owl. Yeah. So I knew I, I did add it to my list, but for the first five days it didn't happen. And then I realized it's not going to happen if I stay true <laughs> to the positive productivity brand and what I'm trying to share with all the listeners is that sleep is so important. Yes. If I get up at six o'clock or before six o'clock every morning, then I'm not getting six to eight hours of sleep. Yes. And it's not healthy. Before we started recording, you used the word alignment. And I think that's such an important thing to always remember, no matter what your goals are and no matter what time of life you're in, in your life, that whatever transpires needs to be in some sort of greater alignment with who you are and how you want your life to go. If it's not in alignment, it's not really going to work in the long term anyway. <laughs> so so 6 and a, six a.m. wake-ups can go out the window for you. No worries. Oh, absolutely. And then I was even trying to keep myself accountable for posting three times a day on Facebook and posting three days, three times a day on Instagram. That is that's going back to the small trivial stuff that we were talking about earlier, where I was putting all this on my task list. Yes. I'm not going to yeah. allow myself to feel bad if I don't get that done. So at the end of the first week, when I saw that I had maybe 100% on only one of my goals, I realized I was just doing way too much. I was yes. holding myself accountable for way too much and it didn't feel good. So I yeah. cut out all the extra. Yeah. You brought up you bring up a really important factor, which is that it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to feel overwhelmed. And one really quick solution to that feeling or that issue or that circumstance is to simplify. Just take a, take a scissors, <laughs> take scissors, take a pen, cross things off, get rid of them, put them off to next week in a positive way, a positive procrastinating kind of way so that you can focus, so that you can get your calm back and get that thing out the door so that you don't have this rolling thing of feeling overwhelmed for weeks at a time where the overwhelm just is a temporary feeling that you can withstand and that you can see your way through. Simplicity is really just, I think, the 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 kind of jack of all trades kind of tool that you could use it. Is that the way to use that term, jack of all trades? That's the wrong. It's the tool of all it's the, I don't know what the idiom is, but you know what I mean. I it's, that, it's the tool. So I get you. 
<laughs> I speak messed up idioms. So it really is the tool that you can use for any situation that is difficult is just simplify and see what is essential and then proceed. So thanks for bearing, bearing with me there. <laughs> Positive productivity where we are full of bloopers, have a blooper reel and speak. What did you say? Uh, messed up idioms. Yeah, we speak <laughs> messed up idioms and typos. Welcome. Yes. I hope you enjoy. Um, did you say? I just want to make sure I got this right because here's my here's my messed up idioms, and I don't even think I'm using that expression right now. Psychiatry or psychology? I'm a psychologist. Okay. So, do you see any direct correlation between mental mindset and procrastination? Like maybe I'm not uh, good enough, you know, you may, I think you already touched upon this earlier, but actually I'm going to interrupt you before I've even allowed you to, to answer. I'm reading right now Worthy by Nancy Levin. Have you read that? I have not. It's amazing. Okay. And it, she talks about increasing your self-worth by, in, no, increasing your net worth by increasing your self-worth, yes. which is huge. Yes. Yes. I feel that at the, I had said at the earlier, at the beginning of the podcast, that fear is really the fuel for procrastination. And I think not feeling worthy enough is what's behind all the fears. So yes, I absolutely feel that mindset is a part of procrastination. And it is what keeps us back from being our full selves, from really becoming actualized, from pursuing our potential, from trying to do the things that nobody has done before or trying to do the things that we haven't done before. It doesn't have to be creative even, but just needs to be the things that we want to do for ourselves. So oftentimes it's, am I, there are fears of, am I lovable? Will somebody abandon me? Am I smart enough? Am I pretty enough? Is my hair in, in order? Like you said about your, your filming the videos that it can be, things that we make up on the fly, but just even those momentary fleeting thoughts can really make a project fail and can make us feel like failures. And for me, that's such a tragedy because these thoughts are fleeting. They're transient, just like everything else. And really, we should give a lot more weight to the importance of getting something done, of creating something new, of sharing our work and our heart with people and having fun. That that's what's forgotten when we get all caught up in am I worthy is that we forget that there's fun to be had everywhere, every single day, no matter what. I have to share. There is a surefire sign that I am procrastinating if my desk is organized. <laughs> because when that's I funny. am deep in work and loving what I do and like uh, eyebrow high in client work or in my own work, no, my desk is just, it's not a disaster, people. It's really not. But, and everything is organized. I know where to find it. My husband would look at it and be like, uh, side note, in my wedding vows, I told my husband that I would stop making piles of stuff. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've gotten a lot better. I have gotten so much better. But yeah. I know, I mean, my office will be spick and span. My whole house will be spick and span. And this is even scarier. I will be cooking if I'm procrastinating. It's a sure like 100,000% indicator that I am procrastinating from doing something that I really don't want to do if I am cooking. 
You bring up a wonderful point, which I will take to do a teaching moment, which is that we really know when we're procrastinating. In our heart of hearts, we know the difference between when we're trying to work and being really purposeful and really intend to get something done, even if it's not working out, and then when we're procrastinating. So it really is within our power to correct that pattern if we really don't have the time to procrastinate, to just recognize, oh, I'm cooking again, or oh, I'm starting to clean my desk again, that this isn't really rocket rocket science to recognize procrastination and to get a handle on it. That's my whole message is really that it's available to anyone who's listening to your podcast and anyone who certainly has an internet connection these days and anyone who just has hope for the future that you can turn things around, that you can make a difference in your own life and that you can make a change. It's really that simple. (laughs) It may not feel simple, but we, we need support to get through that maybe more emotionally difficult part of procrastination. But the other stuff, that's just stuff that you can change in a day. Oh, I absolutely love that. And that's just one of your messages. I I know you have a gift to offer to listeners. I'm going to take this as a segue. I think I just made my own segue. Okay. You, I love it. Yeah. Would you mind sharing? Yes. Thank you so much. Um, it is a free library of resources that I've put together. Some of them are things that you've seen before, like schedulers and planners, but there are other items in there like a mantra maker. If you are saddled with negative thinking, you can make your own positive mantra so that you have something in hand the next time you're in a tough situation and you can remind yourself of what to say to yourself to keep you going through to keep you motivated and moving forward. So to access this free library, I'd have your listeners go to procrastinationcoach.com slash free library. And free library is one uh, one word, no spaces. Oh, fabulous. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. I love the mantra maker. What is your mantra? I actually feel that one thing I always come to is that there are no limits (laughs) and that if I'm thinking that I'm limited, it's really just a false thought that it's not even the sky's the limit because look, you, you were wanting to design the interior (laughs) of, uh, spaceships before, right? And I think we can do anything. We can envision anything and we can make so much happen. And I one day had the thought that no matter how long I, I am blessed to be able to live on this planet and be alive. There will, I will still not have enough time to completely fulfill my potential. And that thought led to the feeling of let's go for it. Let's just go for this. (laughs) So let's go for it. Is that what you tell yourself? Let's go for it. Yeah. And, and to not be afraid. What is your mantra? Do you have one? Yeah. Actually, it's a little bit longer, but taped to my monitor. And this, this comes from my faith. Um, I have Galatians 6, 9. Let's not get tired of doing good because in time we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. That's beautiful. So that's, I have it on my Facebook wall, like on my introduction. I have it right there on my monitor and it's, it's really what I go by. It's beautiful and it's true. It's true. Christine, thank you so much for coming back. This has been an amazing part two and I can't wait to have a part three. I love it, Kim. Thank you. You you are a pleasure to work with and so much fun. And I really want to just thank you for all the good work that you've been doing, spreading the good work and the good messages and your kind heart and smart brain. It's just doing wonders for people. I'm so positive of that. 
Oh, thank you. And you're welcome. I'm sending you big virtual hugs right now. Uh, Thanks. Hugs back. Where can listeners find you online and connect with you? I am all over social media having fun uh, as procrastination coach. So I'm on Instagram quite a bit doing Instagram stories during the weekdays and trying to do a little coaching there and a little bit on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, so, uh, but, but my blog is my, my blog and website are my home base and that's procrastinationcoach.com. Awesome. Christine, do you have a last piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? I was thinking about what I would say if you asked a question like that. And my, in my heart, my, the answer that came was to always stay connected to people and always to remember that you are connected to other people because I feel like that is a wonderful life affirming tool to guard against procrastination. When we, when we think that we're it and we're responsible for everything and we have to suffer to get things done, then we just get ourselves in trouble. And when we remember that everybody's in the same boat and everybody has ups and downs and everybody has outsized potential, it can be a lot more fun. So just like our our call today was a lot more fun. If I had these thoughts by myself, what fun would that be? But sharing them with you today was lots of fun. Have you requested your seven-day free version of the Positive Productivity Planner yet? If not, I want to encourage you to go over to thekimsutton.com forward slash 7DP and pick up your copy today. This free version of the planner is going to help get you on track of leading a more positive and productive personal and professional life. Again, you can get your copy at thekimsutton.com forward slash 7DP.